Section 48 of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of St. Matthew by J. C. Ryle Chapter 16, verses 1 to 12 Enmity of the Scribes and Pharisees Christ's Warning Against Them This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 to 12 The Pharisees, also with the Sadducees, came and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, It will be foul weather to-day, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites! Ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them, and departed. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed, and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread." which, when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have brought no bread? Do ye not yet understand, neither remember, the five loaves of the five thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? How is it that ye do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Then they understood how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. In these verses we find our Lord assailed by the untiring enmity of the Pharisees and Sadducees. As a general rule, these two sects were at enmity between themselves. In persecuting Christ, however, they made common cause. Truly it was an unholy alliance. Yet how often we see the same thing in the present day. Men of the most opposite opinions and habits will agree in disliking the gospel, and will work together to oppose its progress. There is no new thing under the sun. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 The first point in this passage, which deserves special notice, is the repetition which our Lord makes of words used by him on a former occasion. He says, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. If we turn to the twelfth chapter of this gospel, and the thirty-ninth verse, we shall find that he had said the very same thing once before. This repetition may seem a trifling and unimportant matter in the eyes of some, but it is not so in reality. It throws light on a subject which has perplexed the minds of many sincere lovers of the Bible, and ought therefore to be specially observed. This repetition shows us that our Lord was in the habit of saying the same things over again. He did not content himself with saying a thing once, and afterwards never repeating it. It is evident that it was his custom to bring forth certain truths again and again, and thus to impress them more deeply on the minds of his disciples. He knew the weakness of our memories in spiritual things. He knew that what we hear twice 
we remember better than what we hear once. He therefore brought out of his treasury old things as well as new. Now what does all this teach us? It teaches us that we need not be so anxious to harmonize the narratives we read in the four Gospels, as many are disposed to be. It does not follow that the same sayings of our Lord, which we find the same in St. Matthew and St. Luke, were always used at the same time, or that the events with which they are connected must necessarily be the same. St. Matthew may be describing one event in our Lord's life, St. Luke may be describing another, and yet the words of our Lord on both occasions may have been precisely alike. To attempt to make out the two events to be one and the same, because of the sameness of the words used, has often led Bible students into great difficulties. It is far safer to hold the view here maintained, that at different times our Lord often used the same words. The second point which deserves special notice in these verses is the solemn warning which our Lord takes occasion to give to his disciples. His mind was evidently pained with the false doctrines which he saw among the Jews, and the pernicious influence which they exercised. He seizes the opportunity to utter a caution. Take heed, and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Let us mark well what these words contain. To whom was this warning addressed? To the twelve apostles, to the first ministers of the church of Christ, to men who had forsaken all for the gospel's sake. Even they are warned. The best men are only men, and at any time may fall into temptation. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. If we love life and would see good days, let us never think that we do not need that hint. Take heed and beware. Against what does our Lord warn his apostles? Against the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees, we are frequently told in the Gospels, were self-righteous formalists. The Sadducees were skeptics, free thinkers, and half-infidels. Yet even Peter, James, and John must beware of their doctrines. Truly the best and holiest of believers may well be on his guard. By what figure does our Lord describe the false doctrines against which he cautions his disciples? He calls them leaven. Like leaven, they may seem a small thing compared to the whole body of truth. Like leaven, once admitted they would work secretly and noiselessly. Like leaven, they would gradually change the whole character of the religion with which they were mixed. How much is often contained in a single word? It was not merely the open danger of heresy, but leaven, of which the apostles were to beware. There is much in all this that calls loudly for the close attention of all professing Christians. The caution of our Lord in this passage has been shamefully neglected. It would have been well for the Church of Christ if the warnings of the gospel had been as much studied as its promises. Let us then remember that this saying of our Lord's about the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees was intended for all time. It was not meant only for the generation to which it was spoken. It was meant for the perpetual benefit of the Church of Christ. He who spoke it saw with prophetical eye the future history of Christianity. The great physician knew well that Pharisee doctrines and Sadducee doctrines would prove the two great wasting diseases of his Church, until the end of the world. 
he would have us know that there will always be Pharisees and Sadducees in the ranks of Christians. Their succession shall never fail. Their generation shall never become extinct. Their name may change, but their spirit will always remain. Therefore he cries to us, Take heed and beware. Finally, let us make a personal use of this caution by keeping up a holy jealousy over our own souls. Let us remember that we live in a world where Phariseeism and Sadduceeism are continually striving for the mastery in the Church of Christ. Some want to add to the gospel, and some want to take away from it. Some would bury it, and some would pare it down to nothing. Some would stifle it by heaping on additions, and some would bleed it to death by subtraction from its truths. Both parties agree only in one respect. Both would kill and destroy the life of Christianity if they succeeded in having their own way. Against both errors let us watch and pray and stand upon our guard. Let us not add to the gospel to please the Roman Catholic Pharisee. Let us not subtract from the gospel to please the neologian Sadducee. Let our principle be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, nothing added to it, and nothing taken away. End of section 48